Thank you. Everyone stand up, get up. We're gonna, everything's gonna come together in this last session. Everything you've learned this past weekend. So just loosen up. Y'all been sitting for a little while. Get a little jumps going. Hands up, all right, hands up. Hand up, hand on your heart. All right, just follow my lead. If you're feeling good, say I. There we go. If you're feeling transformed, say I. There we go. And this one loud and proud, because this is the one that matters the most. If you are ready to commit to a system of action, say I. There we go. Grab your seats. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. Okay? This weekend so far, you guys have learned a bunch of things, right? You've gotten why you do the things you do, the, you do the things that you want to do, your vision, visualizing your dream life, clarity around your purpose. Those things are super important. Then you learned the what. So what it is you actually need to do, right, to execute. Those are two out of three essential components of how to do the thing, right? Originally, this was called how to do the, do the thing, a proven framework to crush your goals and get shit done. Um, I'm going to X out the get shit done part. One, because my mom probably won't like that when she watches this on tape later. <laughs> Who knows? God knows. <laughs> um, the second part is a word that somebody said yesterday, which has been pivotal in my life, which is fulfillment. So how to crush your goals and find fulfillment. Okay? So you have two out of three essential components. But the, the last thing, the final thing, is how to actually get yourself to do the things that you know you need to do. Now, we've touched on it. We've skirted around it. We've worked around it. But there are times where we just don't feel like doing some things. You know? you know that you have to prospect. You know that you have to go to the gym. You know you have to lift that weight. You know you have to spend time with your partner. But you're just not doing it for that reason, for whatever reason. And right now, we're going to spend time figuring out how to address that directly. But first, story time. It's so crazy that we didn't talk about like what we were going to be presenting to each other or what was involved in the workshops, but I'm going to give you guys a date, right? January 27th, 2020, okay? That day's my birthday. Sorry, I'm not three years old. Um, <laughs> I'm not three years old. That day was my birthday on that date, okay? And the reason this date is so important and it's so memorable, deeply ingrained in me, is for a couple of reasons. So one, um, I had just come off a career year at Salesforce. I was named BDR of the year, made the most money I'd ever made. I was 23, about to turn 24, making almost $200,000 a year. Um, just bought a property in downtown Toronto. So like, you would think I was on top of the world. You think like, man, you're so happy. But the reality was the complete and exact opposite. I, I, frankly, I got myself there by burning myself out, like hustle, grind, grit to try and get there, burn myself out, lost all sense of purpose, lost all sense of fulfillment, right? Wasn't doing things for my body, so wasn't working out. My health was getting out of check. Um, my relationships with my family, friends, partners, all falling apart. My confidence in myself weaning. I, I, I could barely open my laptop. And even when I did, when I get to the end of the day, I'm sure some of you have experienced this, especially being in sales. As you get to the end of the day, you close your laptop, and it feels like you just ran a marathon. Or feels like, who, who has ever felt like that? Like you just ran a marathon, or you've just done a crazy workout. I'd have to nap right after. I'd have to go to bed, whatever. 
So anyway, that was, that's how I was feeling. Uh, reason number two, actually I had this conversation with a couple of people yesterday. Um, Kobe Bryant was my biggest idol growing up. Idolized him, learned so much about mental toughness, grit, grind from him. And my birthday is January 27th. On January 26th, Kobe Bryant died. And it still makes me emotional to this day because uh, he was the first celebrity when he passed away. It, it, you know, it made me cry, it made me genuinely cry. And, you know, got to me, it was also the day before my 24th birthday, which as many of you know, um, Kobe's number was, was 24. So it hit me pretty hard. And then the final thing was um, what was happening the night of my birthday. So you can already sort of imagine the mental state I'm in. Um, I'm driving with a friend to my cousin's house. And uh, they're, they're, they're getting ready to host a little small birthday get-together for me. So we're driving, we're driving, and you'd think I'd be happy about the, the get-together, but really I'm just like crazy stressed. Crazy stressed from my lack of showing up. Crazy stressed from where my health's at. I'm, I'm supposed to be getting ready to, to hopefully be promoted to AE in a, in a couple of months, but my work recently is not reflective of that. Um, relationships with people around me, you know, deteriorating. So we're driving, we're driving, and then the car didn't crash. Um, I, was, I lost my, all my breath. The, uh, the car doors felt like they were closing in on me. Felt like I was suffocating. I couldn't, I couldn't breathe. And I'm yelling at my friend in the middle of the highway to pull over to one side, but struggling with my seatbelt, banging my head on the dashboard, if you can imagine it. And without warning, I open, door, open the door to the car and I jump out. Thank God we were at a near stop. Thank God. And I dive directly into a snowbank, and I'm sitting there, and I'm, and I'm in the fetal position. I'm curled, curled up like this, and I'm bawling my eyes out. You want to talk about rock bottom? That was rock bottom for me. That was the moment that I decided that something needed to change, that I needed to change. Okay? And so it was, a, it was an awakening, awakening. And I'm sure lots of us have had moments like this, right? An awakening moment, rock bottom that we've built off of. So that's when I went down the rabbit hole. All right. Personal development books, YouTube videos, speakers, whatever it may, may be, like I was throwing myself into it. And a couple of things I learned. So I learned, now really what I wanted to figure out is like, okay, I know I need to do these things that I'm not doing, but how, like, what is the, how, I know I want to do it. I'm sitting there on my couch. Oh yeah, I should probably go to the gym right now. But why, why isn't my ass getting up and getting there? You know what I mean? So a couple of things I learned. Mistake number one, okay, is the, the motivation paradox. We all think that in order to do something, we need motivation, okay? So motivation leads to action, which leads to results, okay? Right? No, wrong, obviously. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't really be talking right now. And this, we, we think it's a straight line. We think it's linear. We think that each time we need to get ourselves to do something. We need to have that motivation. And if we're not motivated, it's okay not to do it. I don't, I don't feel the motivation. Like, it's okay, I can, I can take, take it off. It's actually the opposite. It's not linear, it's a loop. 
And it doesn't start with motivation, it starts with action. So action leads to results, which then leads to motivation, okay? Which goes back to the action. It's, the, it's, it's getting ourselves to take the action that, res, that creates results, which pushes us to go back around and take the action again. It gives us the motivation, like just a little bit, to go back around and take the action. But this is where it starts. So the next natural question is, well, okay, well, how do we take the action? All right? So this brings us to mistake number two. All right? What do we do when we, when we don't have motivation? We think that we need willpower. We say to ourselves, no, I just got to push through it. I got to use my, my mental toughness, my mental willpower to, to, you know, to exercise, to spend time with my partner, or whatever, cook, whatever it may be. But the key is actually not having more willpower or developing willpower. It's decreasing the need for willpower to get the thing done. So you want to remove, and we'll talk about this later, you want to remove the amount of barriers there are between you and action. A lot of them were talked about today. Accountability group, incrementing, all topics that I'm going to cover. It's like it all comes together. But you want to remove the need for willpower. And then the final piece was the most important. And this is something that actually when, when E and I started working together, we spent a lot of time on. Who mentioned fulfillment as one of the outcomes that they wanted? Yeah. Okay. This is the fulfillment matrix. Okay. Your level of fulfillment is dependent on how you balance pain and pleasure, on how you use those two levers. Okay. So long-term pain, all right? leads to, and long-term, sorry, short-term pain leads to long-term pleasure. Maybe I didn't get these galaxies right. Long-term pain or short-term um, pleasure will lead to long-term pain, okay? So toxic zone would be, um, for example, smoking, alcohol, pornography. Unproductive zone would be Social media, okay? Um, unfulfilled zone would be workaholism, which, were, which is where I was before that, that incident happened. And in case none of you figured it out, how many, how, many, how many people here have had a panic attack before? Yeah, I felt like I was dying. I thought I was going to die that day. So the, only afterwards did I realize what that was, and I had to go back and correct it. And it came from trying to get myself to a point where I was you know, working, hustling, grinding, but without purpose and clarity. So what, what I'm really showing here is mistake number three being I was focusing on outcomes, not inputs. It was more about what I was going to achieve at the end of the year. It was more about the money I was going to make than the actual system that I was going to execute, okay? So does this make sense? Yeah. All right. So um, what I found out through all of the work, the books, the YouTube videos, whatever that may be, is that there's seven steps, okay? 
seven steps to not have to rely on motivation, drastically decrease the amount of willpower that you need to com complete an action, and then um, three, find fulfillment and focus on income inputs instead of outcomes. Okay? So those step seven steps are pain. What did we talk about on day one? What was one of the first things we did? We talked about pain. We're going to do it again. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Gain. Identity. Okay. Community. Scarcity. Uh, environment. And a call to action. These three are the foundation. This is what everything builds upon. And these four are the day-to-day. Um, -day. Has anyone noticed anything funny about these seven steps? Anything interesting? What's a theme that you could relate this to? Bang on. How do we cause our customers to take action? We're all in sales. Life is sales. But we know we need to take our customers through discovery to get to the next level. But we never take the time to do self-discovery to take ourselves to the next level. But you guys invested in yourself. That's why you're here. That's why, we, that's why this is what we've been working on. We've been working on self-discovery so you can be better in your sales process. Okay? Couple of key areas, creating change and making a sale. There's three reasons that a customer buys. Okay? Um, emotional. So I know this is gonna look odd on the chart, but I hope this makes sense. Emotional, okay? When you reflect on the pain, gain, and your system of beliefs, your identity, who you what kind of organization you are, if you're in an organization that's on the cutting edge, that's, on, that's innovative, that's constantly improving themselves, versus an organization that you're selling to that you sense has a culture of living in the past, making do with, with the minimum, you know, not wanting to invest in, the, in, in their own growth and development. Okay? Those all are emotional parts of the sale. The second, is logical, okay? After someone has gone through the, uh, the emotions piece, then they need to justify it to themselves logically. That's why we take the pain and we quantify it, quite quantifying the pain, right? That's why we say, okay, you know, tell me the, the lifetime value of a customer, how many customers do you have dropping per month, um, et cetera, et cetera, because now they're like speaking to themselves and they're like, oh my God, yeah, we're losing a million a month or X amount over X amount of time. And then the last part is um, fear, okay, fear-based. So these two steps are all about when the customer has already gone through the emotion, they've already gone through the logic, the last piece is, well, what if it doesn't work? What if this? What if that? This is objections, right? Objection handling. So how do you go through the steps? What are the final steps to getting the customer to buy and getting you to take action? Because ultimately, it's, it's all the same thing. Life is sales. Put that on a poster. Make that my license plate, whatever you want.
right? So, um, yikes. Um, I said we would revisit pain, so that's what we're going to do, okay? Earlier today, it's great because I get to save time because some of you, are, you already did some of this work for me. Earlier today, you identified the one thing that you need to be doing, I think, on a daily basis to move towards your number one priority, okay? What we're going to do now is going to tap into two questions for your pain. So what pain would occur, pain would occur, I'm sorry for my atrocious handwriting, um, if you don't accomplish this, okay? What pain would occur if you don't accomplish this? I want you to think of this in a right away timeline, a uh, one year timeline, and a 10 years timeline, okay? I'll give you two minutes, so go ahead and do that. Yeah, exactly. I think all, during Frank's session, you all identified the one thing that you need to be doing. If you didn't write it down, just do that now. What is the one thing, this, this is from author Gary Keller's book, The One Thing. What is the one thing that if you do every day, makes everything else easier? So that's, that's your prompt, or you can use what you had written down from Frank's session. Okay? Right away, one year and 10 years. Are we good on time? Because I have a lot to go. All right. I'll just wait, speak. Punch it a full day. Okay. Um, anyone who wants to share their one year? Yeah. I would feel like a failure. Not showing up to myself. Okay. I feel shame. Okay. Feel like a failure. Shame, failure. Nice. Lives you couldn't serve. Okay. And then last one, 10 years. Something super brief. Waste your life. That's a big one, right? That's a big one. You only get one. You only live once. Alex's exercise yesterday. You're looking at your future self. Imagine you were sitting down with them that day and you had to tell them everything that you weren't able to do. Okay? And there's a reason why I'm doing this and I'll, and I'll get there in a second. The second exercise is something that I've used personally and uh, has helped me a lot. So I'm going to ask you all to close your eyes. Okay? Take three deep breaths. I want you to think about this question for a minute or two. And I want you to really reflect on it, feel it in your body, feel the sensations that you get here, and allow yourselves to sit in it. What pain and struggles from your past are a driving force in your life? Now, this may be dangerous for some of you, so if at any point it gets comfortable, please feel free to, to put an end to it, to the exercise. What pain and struggle 
is a driving force in your life. Feel it in your body. Feel it in your emotions. Open your eyes. How was that? Does anybody care to share? We'll take one. I'm sure that applies for a lot of us. Not going to take much more, but like the, the, for me, I got bullied all the time growing up, was called a recharge more times than I can count, was doubted more times than I can count, got in fights every year at school, and there was a point I wanted to drop out because of how bad it was. And the reason that this is important, and this is what Frank was talking about earlier, there's the difference between average and elite is that elite can tap into infinite energy sources to get that extra 10% to perform. And the reality is that as much as we want to say that we want to act from a place of service, we want to act from a, a place of fulfillment, we want to act from a place of joy, at the end of the day, when we need that extra 10%, we're going to be acting from a place of pain. Somebody's legs cut off, they're going to pay a lot of money to get it fixed, <laughs> you know, get healed, right? All the greats do this. Michael Jordan, The Last Dance. There was a practically memed about him that everything, he found a way to take it personally and use that as energy and fuel. So if you're disappointed, if you're frustrated, if you're sad, if you're angry, use it. That is your source of fuel. That is a constant. So when you don't feel like getting up and doing a thing, that's a source of energy that you can tap into. Okay? This is the heart and source. In this economy especially, your customers are not going to do deals unless they're going through pain. So if you can make them feel this, you're not going to go through visualization exercises with your customers unless somebody wants to take a new approach and then report back to me. <laughs> That's what you can tap into, okay? Yeah, absolutely. Next step, step two, is gain. Okay, so we did pain. We're on gain now. Gain is when you're selling the vacation to your customer, right? How does this impact your organization if, this solves this pro if we solve this problem? What does it mean specifically to you, Mr. VP of Sales? Like, it seems like you're really invested in this, right? You really care about this. Why do you care? How would it, you know, impact your life, your goals? You're selling the vacation, right? You're, you're, you're showing them how they could benefit from addressing the pain. Okay. We're gonna, I gotta, for time, I've got to run through this, but same question, okay? Same question of what gain would you realize if you completed your goal or if you accomplished your task uh, right away, one year, 10 years, okay? You can go 
Okay, perfect. We feeling good, guys? All right. Do this thing, I can be happy. Or know that I gave it my all, okay? So I'll let you write that down for a sec. Okay, I'll grab uh, two examples. So give me your task, give me your to-do, and then give me your, um, your one-year gain. Who would like to volunteer? Anybody want to share? <laughs> so a year uh, from now, he'll be in it harder, you know, and a connection with your dad during that scary time is so important. Yeah. So if I can, a year from now, create that, that's a huge game. Yeah. That will be, I think, permanent for him. Yeah. Awesome. That's amazing. Okay. My one, just to share. It's not quite a, a year, it's more technically right away. But I'm trying to get in, get in really good shape. My wedding's coming up in August. Our honeymoon's in Greece. Guys, when I take my shirt off, I want those photos to look good. <laughs> and I'll actually be on a vacation, so I'm selling myself a vacation a little bit. But when I'm having a hard time going to the gym and getting some activity in, it's like, it's kind of also from a pace of pain, but the gain is thinking about, oh, all right, I'm going to look good in those photos. But it's also like, I don't want to look crappy in those photos, you know? So that's, that's why that's also important. Obviously, pain is, is, the, is the, the foundation, but there's, that's, that's why gain, uh, reflecting on gain is also important. And then the third piece okay, is identity. As, like I was mentioning before, belief matters a lot. Who you identify yourself as, what you believe in. Right? If you're someone who doesn't believe in um, that, like, that, that you'll be able to exercise, or that you'll be able to get healthier, that you'll be able to lose 20 pounds, this is not gonna happen, you're not gonna lose 20 pounds, right? If you think you can or you think you can't, chances are you're, you're right, in both instances, okay? So what matters is what do you, how do you identify yourselves? What do you believe in? So, Frank, how do I connect this? One of the things that uh, I did, uh-oh. Okay. One of the things that I did, um, I did this when I started working with, with um, Ian, but it wasn't an exercise that we actually talked about. It's something that I did myself. Kobe Bryant talked all the, he, he said in an interview once that when he was planning out his off season, he would make a contract to himself so that he, there was never any negotiation. He never negotiated what he had to do or what he was about or what he was committed to, okay? So I wrote myself a contract and I signed it. And this was the identity, identity that I wanted to live in congruence with, all right? When in sales, it's, talk, it's labeling with a problem. 
I might label a customer with a problem. It sounds like you're struggling with so, so, and so. Sounds like this would help you because of this, this, and this. So when I get to the end of the sales call, right, it's like, hey, by the way, we have students who are, doing, who are addressing this very problem. Here is the testimonial. We have the students who are, um, uh, you know, who have implemented this, this, and this. So they get an example, right? So when you have call to actions or actions that are congruent with your identity, you're more likely to do it. So this is my beautiful fiance. She's on her bachelorette party in Cancun right now. Um, but this was my, my mission statement, my personal mission statement. And signed, dotted, dated. So I want you, what I want you all to do now is write your own contract. And I will say, Looking back at this now, I, I did write one. I couldn't find it. I wrote it in my journal. This is kind of generic, right? It's a bit generic. It's not precise. So what I want you to do is not lie to yourself. You're not going to say, I am six foot two with six pack abs, right? Because that's, that's wrong. There's no congruency there. I am not a, uh, I'm closing a million dollars in sales. This is my personal belief. I don't believe in um, saying that you're something that you're not. But what you can say is ideally what you'd like to be. So I am the type of person who makes healthy decisions in times of temptation. Or um, I am the type of person who prospects on days that I don't feel like it. Ian, what was yours? It was really, it was really powerful. Right now, what's mine? No, you're, whatever you had before. Like, um, I do what others won't do, so I can do what others can't do. Yeah. That was one. Yeah. Today, uh, yeah, I said today I will do what yeah, but you also had some built around family, I think, in that one before. Uh, what they say now is I'm kind, loving, humble in spirit. I'm hardworking, focused, and disciplined in action. I listen, respect, and stay present with others. I lead by example. I live to serve. I put God's world before my own. That's my contract with myself. How are you showing up? How are you engaging? How are you treating people? It's precise. It's precise. I do it every quarter. I change it. It's how you're showing up on a regular basis. So. Take two minutes to write this. Write your own mission statement. Write the type of person you are. And do it de dependent on your priorities at the moment. So the, the priorities that Frank covered, you know, whatever you have, your top three, your top one maybe, write an identity statement that's congruent with that. Sign it, dotted, dated. This is your contract. You're asking your customers to sign contracts, but you've got to be willing to sign a contract with yourself first because that's the one that matters the most. Right? Next two volunteers, you're going to be stating this out loud. And you're going to be, and I'm asking you to feel it when you say it. So I'm going to ask for two, one or two volunteers. So who wants to share their, their mission statement? All right. Here, stand up. Who are you, Maddie B? Uh, every day I will prioritize meditation and exercise so that I can bring my all to my work and successfully disconnect at the end of the day to be the oak tree that my family deserves. I'm going to ask you one more time. Who are you? Let me read again. Yeah. Uh, every day I would prioritize meditation and exercise so that I can bring my all to my work and successfully disconnect at the end of the day to be the oak tree that my family deserves. There you go. Clap it up. I'm going to take one more volunteer. All right, let's go, David. 
Look at me. Traction starving for your attention. That's trying to remind you that you're not in pain. That's trying to remind you that, hey, you don't need you don't need long-term gain. You don't need 10-year gain. You can get you can get pleasure right now. You can get gain right now. What's the need for all that? Well, the problem is the integrity gap. When your actions are incongruent with who you know that you're capable of becoming, that's when you fall out of integrity. That's when, you, that's when you fall out of fulfillment. My belief, you know, the, 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 the fulfillment matrix is there. My belief, the answer to fulfillment is, what, is when your why, your what, and your how intersect. It's in what you do on a daily basis aligns to the plan that you've created for yourself, which aligns to the vision that you've created for yourself. So, uh, Inaction, okay? The gap between inaction and action, right? Pain, gain, identity, decision to change. Yay, you're halfway there. Clap yourselves up. But, okay? Now you gotta fight. Now you gotta fight to go from the decision to change. Decision to change to action. I'm kidding, you don't have to fight. I told you, you decrease the level of willpower, okay? So what are some of these things that serve as barriers to entry between your desire to change and action? What are some of these things? A couple of them have been mentioned throughout the weekend. Lack of Heard a lot of things. Sorry, you go ahead. Lack of plan. Lack of plan, no plan. Bad habits. Temptations. Temptations. What else? Let's get specific a little bit. No accountability. Accountability. As specific as you can. The, the social media death scroll. Let's go. There it is. That's the one I'm looking for. Social doom scrolling. That's right. Doom scrolling. Okay. These or who you're fighting on a day-to-day -day basis, okay? But the way to skirt them, okay? The way to skirt them, how I've been able to accomplish at least some of what I've been able to accomplish, thankfully, okay? Is instead of thinking about the barriers to entry, what I try to do is create barriers to exit. Okay. Barriers. I don't even know what that is. That's like a triple B. Barriers to exit. Things that I can do that are going to keep me locked in. And I think of these as like pillars of ice. Okay. Hard ice that's in my way. But instead of trying to plow through the ice with an ice pick, I'm creating fire. that melts it all away so I can get here, okay? So, what are those things? 
community. Community, so important. When you're selling a deal, it's not enough to just have a champion. Usually there's a buying committee, right? You have a buying committee. You have a group of people that are surrounded around the same vision. You have your internal stakeholders on your side that you're cooperating with to make it happen, right? Community, accountability is another way to say it. Authority, these, these seven uh, steps are very comparable to uh, the steps in a book called Influence by Robert Caldini. He's like, if you guys, if you guys haven't read it, salespeople, great book to read. It's all about persuasion, okay? But they're very in line because, again, it's the same thing when it comes to taking action. So you've already, you know, had gotten to groups and, and um, talked about, you know, what you're going to commit to, having to Zoom, right? You've already, already done that. But the other part of community is not just who you're accountable to, but who you're around, okay? What do they say? You are the, like, yeah, yeah. Show me your friends, I'll show you my life, or something like that, too. That was another one, right? So think about, be conscious about who you're surrounding yourselves with, okay, on a regular basis. And I'm not saying that, like, don't spend time with people who aren't on the same wavelength with, as you, right? But think about how much time you may be spending with them, okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah, thanks. It's really hard. But if you can't get to that thing, that's a barrier, right? So yep. I don't know if, you, if that's how you thought of like warming up the ice. I thought you were going somewhere there. But we are. That's, that's, that's scarcity, and I'll jump to that in a second. Cool. Okay, um, <laughs> it's all good. Um, yeah, it, it, like, it's so easy to get caught up in these things. And um, another book that you can all uh, check out, um, I forget who the author is, but I think it's called Dopamine Nation. Yeah. really teaches you about how your body, like, we were talking about the nervous system and our brain and how we react to all these things. Like these I consider hacks, like these uh, four are hacks to your nervous system, hijacking your mind. And you kind of have to, to build the habit, to be consistent. Yeah. Um, last thing about community. We all live in digital communities now. One of the best things I did for myself was go through my social media and get rid of the crap accounts I was following, the accounts that weren't serving me, right? Things that, like, I'll, it'll be to the point now where I'm on my feed and I go on, on my social media when I do and I see something that's not serving me, click unfollow. I don't need any of that negative shit. I don't need those, those news apps giving me the, the, the bad news of the day. That's not what I want my life that's not what I, where I want to spend my brown po brain power. Every moment, every, every second is currency. It's a dollar of your time. So where you spend it, right, and we all fall off, but where you spend it has to be congruent with the identity that you just stated for yourself, okay? So that, that covers community. You already did the exercise of pairing up 
Um, just make sure, actually, when we get to call, act, call to action, we'll talk about this. Scarcity. So scarcity is the next one. Um, again, what I love about, about this weekend so far is that how all of us are sharing similar themed messages, and they're interweaving with one another. So the exercise that I had for this was time blocking and time boxing. How many of you right now have your daily habit that you've written down actually blocked off in your calendar? Raise your hand. Do that shit right now. <laughs> Go to your calendar, okay? Pull it up on your phone. Set that time. And the, the important thing here too is that it's not, uh, I mean, depending on the thing, but um, like for example, if it's prospecting, like something that requires more brain power, that's deep work. Cal Newport is the author of the book that's called Deep Work. And he says, uh, 40 hours of scheduled work is more productive than 60 hours of unscheduled work. It's, it's, it's about the equivalent, sorry, to do that. If it's not in your schedule, it doesn't get done. So like looking at Frank's calendar, what did you see? All right. So first of all, yeah, calendar it while you're doing that. Frank's calendar, what did you see? And again, going back to... Afternoon workout every day, quality time with kids, okay? So this is important, and this is what I look at sales. The reason, um, uh, you know, I joined Ian, and, and, and um, uh, you know, I, the results that I've had at, at Salesforce, I look at myself as a corporate athlete. I need to be a sales athlete to perform. And I think about athletics, coming, some of you coming from a background of, of athletics, the margin is so small between all-star and superstar, but it's also so big at the same time, okay? The, 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 it's consistent effort over time, small details that, that build up, right, to the next thing. So when you're thinking about time boxing, the one thing that I will also challenge you to do when you go home is your calendars right now, some of you, it's probably very focused around work meetings, prospecting, account planning. The elite, what they do differently is they schedule recovery, active recovery from their job. Whether that means spending time with your family, quality time, connected time, right? Whether that means meditation for some, whether that means going for a walk, whether that means reading a book, listening to a podcast. When you treat your recovery which as much, with as much dedication as your work, that's another level. And, and guys, I want to be really clear on this. It's really, and I do it every day, it's really fucking hard <coughs> to work a full day with deep work and brain work. Okay? If you really have eight hours of like really hard work, you have to have an hour break or break schedule. That's why every day I block Recharge means you're not really working at capacity. There's no way you can do that eight, nine, ten hours straight. It's impossible. I can't. That's for sure. So give yourself a break, and then if you've gone three hours, give yourself a walk. Give yourself some light, something light where you can recover. It's not just recovery on a vacation or a three-day weekend when you're on the edge of burnout. It's recovery every day to maintain this level of productivity. Also, nuggets on the time boxing thing. One thing that I um, I think is good to think about. 
about is like is potency. There's only a few hours in a day when you're really energetically potent. And you can hack it and you can do some things like like don't have coffee within the first 90 minutes. You guys, if you haven't look, looked at that research on adenosine receptors, take a look at it. But it, you will not crash at three o'clock if you wait 90 minutes. Really hard to wait, like, but if you wait 90 minutes and then have your coffee, you literally won't crash at three o'clock. But uh, is to look at like your calendar and where's my where's my band of potency? For me, it's eight to one. Don't call if anybody's like, hey, we got a big call at three o'clock. Can we reschedule that? That's not my good hour. I've already eaten. I'm like coming down eight to one, where I'm. I got some espresso. I controlled the lighting. Like that's my jam. And so my calls and all of my. And let's be honest. The sales is a physical act, especially prospecting. Get that diaphragm up. Be open. Hit them with the blinding power of your own personal sunshine. Like you, <coughs> you can't do that all day. So when you're looking at your tasks and you're finding where to put them, you know maybe it's a creative thing. Like, like my son, he's a night guy. How many people are morning people? How many people are night people? Okay, it's right, it's like, you know, on the types of people we could, we could you know, plot ourselves. But my son, like, after, you know, bedtime, he stays up for like an hour and he does art. I love it, because I wake up in the morning, there's like canvases and paintings and stuff there. He doesn't know what he made, it's just how he falls asleep. He is energized creatively during that time. So when you're thinking about your week on Sunday, it's another angle to think about is when am I most potent and look at all your tasks, and which ones do I need to be most potent for? There's a good book called Crucial Conversations about this, where there's only like three conversations that matter, hint, hint, like three of them are with your wife, like whatever. But, um, <laughs> but thinking about, is that at the right time? And then make that move to say, I cannot make that call at three o'clock, it has to be somewhere between 10 and 12 on Thursday or Friday, it's gonna be much better. You'll love yourself for it. Right on, spot on. Oh, another one on the rest and recovery is, uh, Jocko Willink has this thing, the Navy SEALs, how they train them to recover, it's called the eight-minute nap. Take a look at it, have to, you have to raise your feet, and there's a couple of little meditation types of techniques, but that's what the U.S. Army does to recover energy as quickly as possible so they can continue on to the next time. Yeah. What were the cues? Like, where you drop your keys, will you wake up? Nope. I don't know, take a look at it. <laughs> I um, I've just seen it, and I, I do a full nap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and let me clarify one thing also. Recovery does not mean doom scrolling. Recovery does not mean video games. Recovery does not mean pleasure-centric uh, dopamine, you know, uh, immediate pleasure-centric um, dopamine-related activities, right? It means, like, finding a space to be mindful, finding a space to be present. Yeah? One more suggestion, if you guys haven't checked it out, Andrew Huberman is a big proponent of the no sleep, deep rest, which is uh, very similar to kind of the yoga nidra that we did a few days ago or yesterday. <laughs> a full night's sleep and track it. You don't know the quality of your sleep. You can't say, oh, it's seven hours. It's really about REM sleep, deep sleep, or a whoop, or Apple Watch, all have ways to track it. I have a ring, but you notice it. And days your six hours sleep and poor quality, it'll tell you, and you're not going to do that chart. So this is like a given. Al Alex and I got together and said, how's your sleep last? It's the same. I have it. Great, I've got this much restored. It's like that's what top performers are doing. They're checking their health because that's how they perform. Yep. Yep, I'm gonna steal 10 more minutes, Ian, if that's okay.
going to jet through the, the last bit. Okay, so scarcity, okay, we talked about um, the time blocking, but a couple of other ways are like little key hacks to make it so that you're locked into your spot, right? You're locked into the activity. So like example is turn off notifications, okay? How many of you still have notifications on your phone? Be honest. Off. Well, other than text messages, maybe, like from key people. But like, so, so for example, during deep work time, um, iPhone, I don't know about you Android users, but iPhone has, I can go in and I can click focus, do not disturb, personal, whatever I need to at the time, and only people that are really important can text me during that time. Otherwise, no pings on this phone. Nothing, right? Mm -hmm. That's the next level shit right there. Yeah, so Couple of other, so this is what I, listen, I want you guys afterwards, if you get the time, we were gonna do this, but just for time purposes, think about ways that you can um, hack whatever it is you're doing to keep yourself on lock with the, the task that you're doing. So Pomodoro technique, for those of you who haven't heard, you set a timer, 25 minutes on, five minutes off. You want that social media hit? I have, a, I have an app on my phone called Opal. Whenever I want, I can take a five minute break Put five minutes, go, five minutes, done, okay, back to work, all right? Um, the, the last thing, another, and scarcity, right? We have limited spots left to open in the program. Join now, that's scarcity. I hope that makes sense, right? You're doing things that make doing like the, the activity, the time that you have for the activity scarce. Reciprocity is another principle that you can use here. Someone talked about, do you have, does Dan have you know, like a reward at the end of the, of the, at the, end of the work? You can even do this for each individual activity. So if it's prospecting, maybe at the, like I said, five, like 25 minutes, five minutes social media. Social media is your reward for that 25 minutes of work that you did. All right, another way of reciprocity for me, when it's like about going to the gym, I wanna to listen to my favorite podcast. I can't listen to my favorite podcast today until I go to the gym. Or like, I, want, I need to write LinkedIn content. Hey, let me throw on a, a, an NBA basketball game in the background and like type and do my content, right? So something that you can, do to reward yourself, that's how you get yourself, that's another hack to getting yourself to do the thing, okay? Um, the reality is these are hacks, right? These are ways that you can get yourself um, started. But with all that said, the, at some point what you need to get to, which is what Frank talked about, is this is hard and I like that it's hard. I like that it's challenging me. I, I, just, I did my first ice bath about uh, uh, five or six months ago, I think. Um, and because it was hard, I was like, fuck, this is challenging. Couldn't even last 10 seconds my first time. But I go back every month now, at least once a month, because it's an opportunity to challenge my mental toughness. So when you're thinking about prospecting, take it easy, brother. When you're thinking about prospecting, right, it's hard, but you're doing it because it helps you grow. It helps you develop as a salesperson. I don't love sales, guys, as much as funny as that sounds. I don't like sales. 
but I like who it forces me to become as a person. So that's scarcity. Um, rushing through this last bit. Environment, okay? You are what you surround yourself with, whether it's the, the community or the space. So a couple uh, key places here is automate, uh, flow, and eliminate. So when it comes to your environment, what can you automate? Take time to think about this, okay? Like an example is, uh, James Clear talks about this on, he had an article about this on his blog, but um, we know that getting healthy is sometimes a lot about eating less and moving more. So to eat less, what's one thing you can do? You can get smaller plates. You can eat on smaller plates instead of bigger plates. You can remove the bigger plates out of your house, right? Uh, that's, that's an example. So think about how can you automate one of the best things for me has been flow. What can I do to make it flow in the natural direction of my day? The best things I did when it came to prospecting and outreach was setting time in my calendar every Monday to prep my contacts. Who was I going to reach out to with what research from what accounts so that by the time I got to Tuesday on my prospecting block, there was no question. I didn't have to do any research. I didn't have to task switch pulled up the tabs of everybody that I knew I needed to contact, pulled up the research that I knew I needed to have, one by one by one. Okay, go through it. A lot of ways that you can flow. Another thing that I did, I wanted to build a journaling practice. Right? It was outside of my room. I was like journaling here and there. It wasn't getting done. I was like, what can I do about this? I put the journal right by my bedstand. So before I go to sleep, it's like, right, it's like staring me at, right at me in the face. It's in the flow of my natural day. I don't go to gyms, or I didn't go to gyms that weren't on the way to work or back, back from work. In fact, the gym that I picked was at, like, in the same building as my work. So I don't have an excuse. It's not like I'm going from A to B to C. It's like on the way back home, I can get that done. And the last place is eliminate. I missed my PS5. Yeah. It was great. I played, I played all the time. But eliminate, if you need to delete social media off your phone, eliminate it. Get rid of it. Okay? If you need to delete gaming off your phone, get rid of it. Eliminate it, okay? That's environment. And then the last piece, call to action. Or as I like to say, a minimum viable action. This is when you're um, talking about next steps with your clients. Take care. Next steps with your clients, right? Free trial, a call to action. What is the minimal viable action? That, this is the incrementing, right? What's the minimum viable action that you can take to kickstart that habit? That's all that matters. All that matters. When I was prospecting, it was two calls and two emails. Okay? If I got two calls and two emails done, okay, I did my minimum viable action. Even if I don't feel good, at least I got that done. So identify what your minimum viable action is for your task. For me, when it's working out, it's actually drinking pre-workout. Because <laughs> when I drink pre-workout, well, yeah, it's like, okay, I cannot sit here with jitters all over and not work out, not lift a weight. Okay? So that's the call to action. Take time, I will send this to you afterwards. I'm sorry that we didn't get through it like in more detail, but take time to identify how you can build community, scarcity, environment, and call to action to your tasks, and take time to reflect on your pain, gain, and identity. The last thing that I'll leave you with, okay? Um, I actually bought a domain last week called Permanent Performance. I don't, peak performance is interesting, right? But after every peak, there's a trough, right? After every peak, there's a valley or something like that. I don't know exactly what it is. But how you get to permanent performance okay, is the consistent, long-term picture. I guarantee all of you will fail. 
All of you will fail at doing your task one day. I will fail, you will fail, but the key is to give yourself grace, not to feel guilty about it. It's about creating more green lights over the long term than it is about the red lights. And the ones who separate themselves, the ones that go from average to elite, 